0: Maybe I just sound hollow and empty to the whole world.
1: No, 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 not accurate.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Even when I tried to put a blanket over my head, it didn't work. was really, I was really mad.
1: Yeah, I I know. It sounds like no matter what you do, it like always sounds the same. I don't really know because it wouldn't be your computio. Computio. (laughs) (laughs) It should be a good one. (laughs) Music video. Yeah, you know Susu Studio, Computio. Yeah, you know that song? No. No. <laughs> oh, well, it's a song uh, by someone, but <laughs> never mind. I'm Sarah, and I'm Ashley. In high school, we were best friends. And Now that we're old, we're still best friends. And we both really love the show Friends. We love it so much that we thought we'd rewatch it together and tell you all about it. So join us to find out all the details that two people who weren't there can find out from the internet.
0: Could, there Could
1: there be, be better friends, friends watching friends? friends. You look so cute like a podcaster right now <laughs> with your glasses and your you've got all your stuff going. <laughs> it's so
0: cute.
1: <laughs> We're so professional and uh good at what we do. Except apparently we cause traffic accidents with our sound effects. So we Okay. We have to talk about that, by the way. I had no idea that I was like causing people to crash their car <laughs> with like a siren noise. So maybe just
0: just turn them down. We could talk I mean we could talk about it with with our people with our listeners just be like, "Hey, give us feedback if you're crashing your car because of our podcast. We don't want that.
1: Definitely do not want we that. Want, we want you to be safe. <laughs> but also know about fashion. Yeah. And crimes of yeah. fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I have this funny list. I have just this this piece of paper is, like, pretty reasonable. It's not too crazy. It says, okay. it says uh, on notes for this episode six, open with either So Good Convo, Double Yeah, or Pizza Bag Soggy Sack.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's just open with it. Let's open with okay. one, with one of your three gems.
1: What do you want to start with? Oh, those are for the episode I'm currently editing. <laughs> oh.
0: Because <laughs> we can talk about Soggy Sack again. In that.
1: Do you have any other follow-up thoughts about the Soggy sack?
0: I think we exhausted it
1: pretty thoroughly. I don't think anyone should ever say that phrase ever again.
0: <laughs> it makes me like laugh so much. It makes me giggle.
1: Soggy sack. I went down this rabbit hole last night of the comments on IMDb on this episode. Really? And I started writing them down as fact. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't take these as fact. I don't even know who's writing this.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. I love it. But we are on season one, episode seven, The Blackout. This is a great one. This is so good. I'm so excited because there was so much information
1: about this one. So much going on. I have so many things to say. Well, why don't you start us off, Sarah? Oh, just some um, general follow-up questions from a few of the last episodes. Okay, so I have a question for you. From one of our previous episodes, you were really upset about those weird triangles coming out of your bras. Yes. Did you ever get any mesh laundry bags? I
0: haven't. I'm still upset and still angry every time I do laundry, but that's a good reminder. Thank you.
1: Sure. I'll keep it on my list of follow-ups for every week. Just...
0: I need a friend like you in my life to remind <laughs> you of the things that I need to help me stay sane. So I just I just want to say how much I appreciate you.
1: You should just give me your login for Amazon and I'll just be like, ship this to Ashley. Thanks. She's got it. <laughs> andre will never be the same again.
0: No, I need that. Okay, quick question. Do you put your bras and under panty things in there or just your
1: bras? I don't have any delicate under panty things, so I just do bras. Okay, I I think that's a good tip. Sure, I'm not even sure my bras are that delicate, but I mostly put them in there so they don't get tangled on everything else, like stretchy pants. Okay, that's what I mean. Oh, now it gets tangled around the legs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes I pull stuff out of the wash and I'm like, why are there nine things? Why is this like a, just like a knot? What is this?
0: Like something you would throw out of your bedroom window to escape. Like an evil evil witch.
1: Except I wouldn't reach the ground because it's all in like a horrible, massive ball. I just like can't untangle. (laughs) So So we were talking about George Stephanopoulos a couple episodes back and whether or not he ever lived in New York. And from everything i found, he did live in New York, but I can't determine if it was during the Clinton presidential years or not.
0: Um, Like like if he was a public figure that was famous and sexy?
1: (laughs) I mean, we clearly know that already, but I don't know if he had a a place, I don't know if he was residing in New York during the White House years, so. but he did live there at some point, so I guess. Well done. Way to do your research. I also, we, we like kind of missed out on talking about some cool, like perky facts about him because there's a, I have a couple, there's some cool things about him. His role in the campaign is portrayed in the film, the war room, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is good.
0: I have never seen that either. Who are the, who are the starring people?
1: Uh, This is one of those times where you ask me questions that I did not do for the research.
0: (laughs) Should I just start, should I stop asking you deeper questions? You should never. (laughs) Should I just, should I just take you for your word and say, okay.
1: (laughs) It's much funnier this way. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's a documentary. Oh, okay. So
0: it's a, it's a real movie.
1: Yeah, a real, <laughs> so the stars are him and Clinton. Oh, okay. Those people. All right, that's enough about that. Um, okay, so he also, he wrote a memoir in 1999 that was published after he left uh, during Clinton's second term. It became a number one bestseller and was on the New York Times bestseller list. And in the book, he talked about his depression and how his face broke out in hives due to pressures of conveying the Clinton White House message. And Clinton, in turn, referred to Stephanopoulos' book in his own biography, or autobiography, My Life, and he apologized for what he felt in retrospect to be excessive demands placed on the young staffer. Are you going to tell me the
0: title of Stephanopoulos' book?
1: I am going to tell you. It's a memoir called All Too Human, A Political Education. Oh, okay. I
0: started reading Bill Clinton's autobiography a couple years ago. And I think I got like 15 pages in and I don't know why I stopped. It's a big That's, book. It's a big book. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs>
1: Sorry. I've had it for like, I don't know, like five or six years and haven't started it.
0: I feel like he's a very interesting man and yes. I probably would be very enthralled if I kept reading. I just have a really hard time finishing books. We're starting, them. <laughs>
1: Apparently. This isn't just a side note, but I just started reading Glennon Doyle's book, Untame, Untamed. I think, do you know who Glennon Doyle is? No. She, like, had a husband and two kids, and then, like, he was cheating on her forever, and when she found out, she realized, like, oh, this thing that's been missing in my life is, like, I'm attracted to women, and she meets a woman, and I think she was an addict for a long time, and... Um, all these things so uh, she has a book that came out before this that talks about all that but it just this one's like everyone's talking about it like Reese Witherspoon and all these people love it and
0: I love Reese Witherspoon
1: it's like if we in high school had had more life experience and better writing skills it's what we would have written
0: (laughs) sounds like she had a lot on us (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) but but like, had we actually experienced anything? Yeah. Uh, but it, like her writing style and like some her language is, yeah. nice. okay. Much better writer than me, but anyway, okay. You're very, you're very good. Oh, thanks. You wrote like a book. Well, I wrote a part of a book that I might finish someday. We'll see. It's more you know. than I've written. Hey, if you do NaNoWriMo, you ha- like forces you, you have to write, so maybe I'll do that again when I have one job, that might be fun. Yeah. I also wanted to just say that we have a really fun tendency to just like trash everyone's ensembles in the show, like we are some sort of fashion expert. And I'm curious, like what's-, what's Oh God. The, what's the best and worst thing you've worn in the last week?
0: <laughs> I, I really hate that you asked me this question. Because it, it it like exposes me to a point that I have like absolutely no legs to stand on. Because literally all I've worn for the entire year are leggings and sweatshirts. <laughs> like into work. I'm just like, I'm a principal completely phoning it in. Just I don't see anybody. I don't see any people. But I still go into work and I'm wearing workout clothes, expecting to get on the desk bike, and I end up sitting on my ass in a chair all day, so I am no fashion expert, but I can judge real hard.
1: That's true. You are an expert at that. We both are.
0: (laughs) Also, Tyler tells me that if I, and this, this is probably true in my 20s, I don't know so much now, but he, like, always jokes that if I could choose my, like, really choose my wardrobe and it was socially acceptable, I would dress like a five-year-old girl. Yeah, probably. Which is how I mostly dressed in my 20s.
1: I remember I asked you to cut the necks off my shirts because you did it so well. You did the right, like, width. <laughs> the right amount.
0: Yeah. So
1: I, I don't have fashion. But uh, what about you? Uh, well, so I do the opposite. I don't leave the house and I put clothes on for apparently no one's benefit except my own mental health, I guess. I don't know. I do put on jeans every day, but like, you know, after that last meeting, like after my last zoom, I mean, I don't leave this room. This is all I'm just in here. So I like go get dressed and shower and then come back in here and like no one sees me all day. So I don't know what the point is, but um after work is done like it gets pretty bad (laughs) i'm wearing um like some men's adidas sweatpants from the thrift store right now uh with a zip-up hoodie with no shirt on Washed my hair in three days so that's how it's going so that's how things are going so we get that like you know we're no fashion experts, but like, have you seen what they're wearing in the show? Sometimes it's worse. Sweatshirts and leggings Ashley is fine. <laughs> hey, Hudson made a whole business off of that.
0: I have a whole closet of sad clothes that haven't been worn. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, do I get rid of them? Am I ever going to wear real clothes again? I don't I don't know. I don't know what, what life is going to have, what life is going to hold for me. <laughs> I have worn cute clothes before. Yeah, but, you have. Right? So I feel like I'm clinging to that part of myself and latching onto that when I judge these six people. <laughs> but I don't know.
1: It's really just jealousy because we have nowhere to dress for anything. So No, it's true. It's true. But like the last time we went to a wedding together, you looked all spiffy. We clean up real good. Yeah, when there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. For now, we're just wearing hoodies and blue light glasses. Oh, I forgot to mention the blue light glasses. Those are mine are real bad.
0: It's grandma. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you you do look real cute though. Oh, thanks. <laughs> anyway. I regret bringing that up, but I just was listening to our last episode and being like, oh my God, this is so funny. We are so harsh. And like, what do we wearing?
0: I think that we have license to judge because this is our own
1: podcast and we can do what we want. That's a good point. Turn it off and listen to Mark Marin or something if you don't like it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I do want to give a shout out to one of our listeners who gave us some really good feedback. A concerned citizen. A very concerned citizen. Our friend Mavonway, who listens to us on her commute, mentioned that we need to cut to cut out our fashion police siren sound effect because it makes her almost crash while she's driving.
1: We're very sorry.
0: We're really sorry, Vaughn.
1: <laughs> I will find some other free siren sound that is not <laughs> horrifying.
0: Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't scare the bejesus out of
1: you. Do you listen to the Will Arnett, Jason Bateman podcast? Yes. So there's an episode where at the very end, Will Arnett is like, he's he's saying something like, but you'll be there for me or something. And he's like, it's friends related. And so I recorded it <laughs> and I wanted to weave it into an episode at the end or something. So
0: I mean, one of your friends, friends, one of your friends. Oh, I see. To the friends. And sometimes your, your job's a joke, you're broke, your love life's DOA. <laughs> <laughs> you guys also be there for you when you get older. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was trying to get out into the lexicon of friends. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, on that same note, I was listening to Jennifer Aniston on Will Arnett and Jason Bateman's podcast, and they're like all friends. And all they could talk about was how nice she is. Like, they're just like, you are the most maternal, wonderful person. How are you so hospitable? How you care about everybody? And it made me like, want to be her friend so much. It made me a little bit
1: angry because I was not their
0: friend. Right? Yeah. You have have, like, angry FOMO. Yeah. We've We've talked about this before, but it's almost akin to your like, cute aggression. Yeah, I think so yeah
1: where it's like you want to be there so bad that you hate them yeah yeah and it's not because I hate them I just hate them No, yeah you want
0: to be like sitting on a couch with Jason Bateman and you want to be there when
1: he leaves early because he has to go to bed and like is that so much to ask that they just incorporate me into all their Hollywood stuff no like Mandy Moore just had a baby recently like is it so much to ask that I want to be its godparent and like her best friend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston also is really good friends with Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know where I saw this from. I was thinking it was on Instagram, maybe not. So she holds a Thanksgiving party every year, like a Friendsgiving. And I guess he wanted enchiladas because she makes really good enchiladas. She's like really into Mexican food. And, but she was like, it's Thanksgiving. Like, we're not having the, what on earth? And so there's a picture of her Putting something into the oven that's with like a little posted on it that says like Jimmy's enchiladas, <laughs> <Maybe it was laughs> like a single serving for him. It's pretty funny.
0: That's such a like throwback to Chandler and his lo- his <gasps> anti-Thanksgiving food. Oh, so true. Great call. And I wonder if that's where they got it from.
1: <laughs> that's true because he did write that fan fiction. Did you see that episode of Jimmy Kimmel where he wrote? a fan fiction episode of friends and all the girls came on the show and he made them perform it oh my god no god. i'll put that in my follow-ups they're <laughs> such good things do you want to try some trivia
0: yes but i'm really nervous so just okay
1: just do, just do it well i got two wrong in the last one so it's okay all right what does rachel claim is her favorite movie
0: I'm only thinking of Old Yeller right now. I'm stuck on Old Yeller, and I know that's not true.
1: I can give you a hint. It's from the one where they switch apartments. Weekend at Bernie's. That's her actual favorite movie. But what's the movie she claims is her favorite movie? I don't pay attention to that one. You're right, yes. I'll give you a half a point for that, because that's her actual favorite movie. She claims it's Dangerous Liaisons. Okay, I, I thought it was something like that um where did ross and rachel first make love
0: in the museum of natural history or prehistoric history
1: so i was gonna say that too i like it's the planetarium is it that's what it says but don't they wake up the next morning like he rolls over the juice box in the planetarium but don't they then wake up in that exhibit that's what I thought.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have to do some follow up on that. I I think they they woke up. She woke up with a fur on her. Yeah, naked. Yeah, naked. Yeah,
1: I we might have to call some on that one. Well, that one's coming soon. So yeah, we'll do we'll do some fact checking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the name of Joey's character on Days of Our Lives? Dr. Drake Rumore. You can side drink that one. Yeah. <laughs> This one also is dumb. What's Joey's last name? Ribiani. Stupid. <laughs> okay, I don't know this one. What name was on Ross's fake ID in college?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> Clifford Alvarez. I don't remember that one at all. Mm-mm. Glifford or Clifford? Like the big red dog. Okay, I thought it was a G L. Like, uh, no, I was like, Clifford, you know. Okay, so we're at the one with the blackout, and our favorite, James Burroughs, is back. He's back. And the writers are David Crane and Marta Kaufman. Oh,
1: so, well, that's why it's such a good one. Yep,
0: yep. So um, let me hit you with a summary. When New York suffers from a blackout, Ross tries to tell Rachel that he likes her, and Chandler gets stuck in an ATM vestibule with a Victoria's Secret model. So that really sums it up.
1: <laughs> you should end your summary with that every time. That's really good. Okay. <laughs> I'll try and remember that.
0: So uh, one of the things, I we'll, we'll get into our facts, but I... I've never heard of the word vestibule before this episode. I don't know what it means. And I honestly didn't even bother to look it up because I figured you would.
1: I did. I have a lot to say about vestibules.
0: <laughs> is it an actual thing or is it is it um, specific to ATMs?
1: No, it's a thing. And when we get to it, um, we should... We should wait because oh, because Chandler says at some point oh, is it a vestibule or is it a something else? So okay, I have some facts, but you have to wait. You have to really hold your horses.
0: I'll hold on to them. <laughs> well, I have some really good perky facts. This episode, I think, I have more facts ahead of the game than any other.
1: Oh my gosh, please tell me all of them.
0: Okay. So,
1: first off,
0: just in terms of new characters, this is the first appearance of both Mr. Heckles and Paula. So, we'll have a lot to say about them. Also, just wanted to point out that Matthew Perry, he was on the Graham Norton show and he said that this episode was when he realized that Friends was really something special and it was one of his favorite episodes
1: i'm so glad you found that because i i think i was telling you i went on a deep dive in the comments section on imdb of this episode and i saw that it was many of the cast members favorite episodes that was one comment and the other was that it was specifically matthew perry's favorite i was like i have nothing to back this up that's lovely
0: yeah, it's interesting that it's Matthew Perry's favorite because it's also the one where he is not with the rest of the friends at all. He is the one that's completely separated and he and he only has the, the scenes with Bill Goodacre.
1: Well, he's with the Victoria's Secret model the entire episode. So maybe that's what's his favorite.
0: <laughs> Fair. We'll give it to you. Yeah.
1: He also has, like, no lines. He's just, like, talking in his mind, like, the entire time.
0: Yeah, it's all inner monologues. True. <laughs> so. And gum spitting. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, my God. So along with the one with the sonogram, this was one of the only episodes that David Schwimmer received an Emmy nomination for in this in the series. That's
1: bananas to me.
0: There's so many good Ross episodes. Like, how is it that those are the only two, both in the first season, and he never got nominated again? Like,
1: he was robbed. He was super robbed. (laughs) That's not a phrase, but that's not a thing. But yes. Super Ross was super robbed. (laughs) My
0: last fact has to do with the blackout. We never find out what, in in the actual episode, what caused the blackout. In Mad About You, which aired before Friends, there was also a blackout, which takes place in New York, Um, and it was in the episode of Mad About You called Pandora's Box, and Jamie, the character of Jamie, causes a citywide power blackout, and that prickles over to Friends, and they used it as kind of like a advertising gimmick for the Thursday night lineup. So there was some continuity.
1: Oh, I I also saw, I don't know if you saw this, but there was another NBC sitcom called Madman of the People. That was really short lived. And it also aired the same evening and also had an episode called Birthday in the Big House that ha- featured the blackout as well. I have never even heard of that. And then I saw that, that the episode of Seinfeld that aired that night did not feature the blackout. Oh.
0: They were they were on their own. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of cool, especially because Mad About You already has some crossover with Friends with Yeah with Phoebe's Phoebe's sister. Mm -hmm. So I I like that when they
1: link the two together. I think it's because they live in the same world. That's awesome. Just to piggyback off something you said. So this is the first appearance of Mr. Heckles, but he's credited as the weird guy in the credits. I don't think they knew he'd be recurring and then this is one of only three episodes that features a scene with just Monica Phoebe and Joey
0: that's crazy to me that out of of the whole series that there's only
1: three scenes yeah so the other two are the one with Phoebe's ex-partner and the one with the red sweater so one's in season three and one's in season eight
0: crazy yeah Weird. There can only be so many combinations. How come the three of them didn't get together more? That's right. That's really interesting.
1: Monica might might be too high strung to hang with Phoebe and Joey. Like, they're pretty chill. That's true. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then lastly, I just wanted to say I don't think I said this in episode six, but episode six had the least number of viewers of any episode in the season. At 18.2 million viewers, which is still so many, but this one jumped up to 23.5 million, what? which is not the highest of the season, but it's oh, it's a big jump. So
0: I wonder why that was. I mean, maybe the gimmick worked, the the, the advertising gimmick.
1: <laughs> at first, I thought you meant the gimmick of her hair. It's like oh. oh.
0: <laughs> yeah they all turned they all they all tuned in because of Rachel's hair but she wasn't even sporting the Rachel do the the whole time
1: you couldn't even see it it was like I noticed that that too that's what I wrote I was like for a haircut that caused so much controversy and excitement like why is it up in the second episode of the haircut Mm. time maybe they regretted it she probably was like I hate this I I, need we need to fix it and so it was up
0: Are we ready to go to the cold open? Yes. Okay. So we go to Central Park. And this is Phoebe's very first performance in Central Park. And can I just say the place is packed?
1: I've never seen so many people in there. Why are there so many elderly people sitting in the friend's seats?
0: Yeah. Well, for, for like a special performance of their
1: best friend why are they sitting at the bar i had a big problem with this whole seating arrangement because they know she's going to perform she has to have said it before like rachel's announcing her they must know they always have the couch so my thought was we're only seven episodes into the first season and maybe their intention was because we've seen them in various locations now in the coffee shop so maybe the intention was that we'd like move them around and that would be a thing. And then they were like, this is too time consuming. Let's just always sit on the couch. This is the best place anyway. So that's all I could come up with. But like, everybody is old. Like, why are they all like 80 sitting in those chairs? And then Monica's like perched on the edge of the couch next to this elderly couple. I noticed that too. She's,
0: she's weirdly close to <laughs> that lady. I, I, I was like, if I wouldn't feel comfortable just perched on the couch where someone else was sitting, like that's a little bit too invading the bubble.
1: Yeah. Like, does she know these people? Like what's going on?
0: I don't know. The only thing that I could think of was that the couch was not prime real estate for watching Phoebe's performance. Like you would have to kind of crane your neck around in a weird way. It was almost facing away from it. That's or like true. kind of like sideways away. So actually the best seats would be at the bar when you were far enough away the in like you could see over people.
1: That's true. That's a good point.
0: Um, and it just seemed like there were a lot of layers of people facing that direction from the bar.
1: That's true. And you know how I feel about craning my neck from our conversation about going on dates. Like yeah, and I sit across from each other so we can look at each other without neck pain. We're still young in some ways. It's okay. My naturopath today prescribed me several new supplements, so I should be spring chicken in no time. <laughs> I have some fashion things to say. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I may vomit. Joey's leather jacket and jeans with the t-shirt underneath. Like, it kind of, it works. Okay, I love it. I love
0: Joey in a leather jacket. And I said,
1: looking sharp. Wow, high marks. I also wrote, he looks like a celebrity. He does. Yeah, he looks like, oh my gosh, from um, the episode where they do the one that could have been when Chandler's his assistant, he is always wearing like a leather jacket. and Yeah. Look at you. He,
0: he just looks like very confident. He's got like a brightly colored shirt under the leather jacket. And then later you find out he's wearing Doc Martens with it. Like he just like, he looks super good yeah he but does like floppy hair you're into
1: joey right now
0: i am I, I i i'm vibing on joey a little bit
1: i feel like he's someone that i probably would have let pick me up and let like shatter my heart completely <laughs> yeah completely yeah <laughs> I, i'm victim to his charm 100 percent. i'd be like you're dumb but it's fine it's just for today and then i'd yeah. be like wait it's just for today oh Rachel is another cute coffee shop outfit that like denim shirt with the little short black skirt. She looks cute.
0: So good. Yeah. Like her little, her little like black mini, like mini skirts with, with like the classy tops
1: mm-hmm. that
0: have good coverage, but are like cute. Yeah. Very, very good balance. Yeah. Um, I even like Phoebe's, like everything that Phoebe has going on, like her hair looks really good. It's kind of like lopped over to one side but super natural and curly um and she's got like an, a three-quarter length purple shirt under a very shiny vest but it's not like a deep vest it's like a high necked vest
1: it's almost like a um like from india it's like a like a man's shape you know those like wedding jackets almost yeah. but vest so it's like but very sleeveless yeah
0: Yeah, she looks really cute, and then she's wearing a skirt with it. I do want to point out a fashion fail. Monica is wearing the worst color on the face of the planet. That shirt is so sad. It's like if purple were a beige. What is this goddamn color? It's like if purple was depressed, but couldn't quite get to gray. Like... (laughs) I couldn't figure it out. It was like my eyes were bleeding trying to figure out what color this was. It was so
1: sad. Oh my god, you need to be hired by, like, a paint company. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always have, like, breezy autumn day blue or whatever. <laughs> you need to be the new, <laughs> new person. It was probably purple with beige. You know that like the color of the year the last couple years has been grayish do you know that that's like a thing no no yeah it's like a gray beige i guess so now like praise <laughs> is the new color according to ashley that's so gross it was it was like a vomit color it's so bad and it's like it's like that awful material that is always stretched out and still somehow looks small on her and it's like ribbed but not really ribbed i hate it I hate it.
0: It's like if you made a smoothie with a and strawberries and
1: blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was the best. Oh man, please keep going. <laughs> I think I've tapped out,
0: but... <laughs> Oh man, I will say though that it looks like Gunther is wearing another very geometric tie that might have been the same pattern as Ross's bedspread a couple of, seasons, or a couple
1: of episodes ago. Oh no, I, oh my God, I did not even see Gunther at all.
0: Oops. He, he was back there, be like watching the show, also drinking coffee. And I'm like, are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to drink out of those big cups while you're behind the counter?
1: Well, they hired him to look authentic, right? So. He was there. I'd take his shirt over Monica's. Oh, absolutely.
0: Phoebe starts to play and doesn't really get her moment, does she?
1: Her chord is so terrible. And when the lights go out, I just love that she just rolls with it and is like, okay, thanks very much. <laughs> I
0: couldn't tell what part of even was. No, I don't. It was think just it was. like a finger touching a string and a and a lung.
1: So I was curious if Phoebe, or if Lisa Kudrow did any improvising of any of her songs or her playing. And so I looked it up, and this article I found from Express.co.uk uh, said that when a fan asked Kudrow if any of Phoebe's songs were made up on the spot, she answered. First of all, Phoebe's song lyrics are not ad-libbed. The writers wrote them and I got to come up with the tune because I play guitar so poorly. It would be too hard to learn how to play that badly. I love
0: that. Although I have to say later
1: on when she's picking, I'm like, oh, she does. She was pretty good. It made her do like, I think she did a few weeks or a few months of lessons and then she quit and was like, this is good enough. I hate this. Perfect.
0: That's probably about Phoebe Caliber.
1: Yeah, that's what she said. She thought it would be funnier too. I mean, she hated learning the guitar, but then also she said it would be funnier if she was actually bad. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it is. And it's great. Yeah. Yeah. We're only 32 seconds in and we move to the ATM vestibule where Chandler is just trying to get some money out and then the blackout hits
1: to say that a lot of people say ATM machine and I much prefer ATM vestibule because it is not redundant. You can't say ATM machine because it's an... What does ATM stand for? I think it's automatic teller machine or something like that. Machines already in there so you can't say ATM machine. Machine machine? Yeah you wouldn't say machine machine. So vestibule works. Okay what is a vestibule Sarah? I'm so glad you asked because I did do a lot of research on this. Okay. So later on Chandler actually, when he says vestibule, he's like, wait, is it a vestibule or is it an atrium? So I've never outside of this episode in my entire life heard this word vestibule. I don't think ever. I only hear it in this one.
0: So an atrium is like, I feel like an atrium is like an indoor outdoor thing, like place with plants. Is that
1: true? I think that's the common like understanding. So the definition of an atrium is a large open air or skylight covered space surrounded by a building. Okay, so it can be like, you know, like a greenhousey type room kind of that's yep. a building built around it. A vestibule is an antechamber hall or lobby next to the outer door of a building. Next to Yeah, so it's like a lobby. Okay. Which this kind of is. Okay.
0: I've never heard this word outside of this episode. No, never. (laughs) Interesting.
1: I'll probably never use it in my entire life.
0: Except if you go into a bank that has an ATM inside, and you'll be like, I'm in a vestibule.
1: (laughs) That's true. I might do that. Are there even ATMs that are still inside? Like, are there still vestibules? I feel like the ATM is always on the side outside of a building now. You can just walk up off the street and shove your money in or whatever.
0: I think there's still some that exist in, like, little corridors. I, but, again, I'm like, vestibule? Corridor? What's the difference? That, um, like, where you go inside and it's, like, in the next... It's like a pass through between doors into the inside of the bank, but it's still kind of on the outside. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think a corridor is like a hallway. Oh, okay. The long thing, you know, like an Aaron Sorkin type walking shot would be in a corridor. (laughs) Not in a vestibule. Not in a vestibule. There's not enough room. No, you cannot walk around in there. (laughs) Although this vestibule was quite large and had three ATMs in it, and it was full of trash. (laughs) trash. So much to say about this. Well,
0: I did. I actually did some research on the bank itself. It was Emerson Bank. So I just Googled Emerson Bank to see what came up, and actually, there is a Emerson Bank in New York or New York State. It was originally established in in 1884, but by like the Emerson family, but didn't become an official bank until 1908. And it is currently part of the National Register of Historic Places in New York. It is still around, I think it got moved from its original location, um, and I think it's now in Albany but it was taken over by Glen Falls National Bank in
1: 2005. And then I just
0: stopped researching.
1: It's a pretty deep dive on a thing that's like, we see a logo like one time.
0: I also didn't know if it was the same Emerson Bank, but I thought
1: <laughs> it, New York, that sounds like it. So it must be close. Yeah, that's awesome. I I've <laughs> read this thing in the um, comments on IMDb of this episode. They said that, there's emerson bank and it has a purple logo in this episode executive producer kevin bright is a graduate of emerson college in boston and that college has a purple logo so they were saying it was a nod to him that might be more accurate but it's cool to know that there is an actual emerson bank so like kaufman and Crean, they continue to base these things on real things yeah yeah So
0: when the lights go off and the door is locked and Chandler's like, oh great, out loud. he says like, oh great. And then looks over at the woman who we then find out later is Jill Goodacre, the Victoria Seeker model. She kind of glares at him, which I don't blame her because like the whole,
1: this whole episode, was just a big Chandler, what the f- are you doing? I wrote Chandler's inability to ever just be cool is astounding. Like how she did not think that he was a serial killer is shocking to me. He is being so creepy. Like
0: so creepy throughout the entire thing. And then like when after she glares at him for being like oh great I'm stuck with you basically like what in the world is the move that he makes when he's like realizing that he, that she is like a hot lady. He does like move and it's like, I felt so embarrassed for him. Like, what are you doing? She's still
1: looking at you. Like, she's just a person be like, can you believe? He'd said, oh great already. Like you've said something. She looked, it's just the two of you. Just be, like, just be normal. Not even cool. Just be a human. No, it's like she, it's like he doesn't know that she can still see him. It must have been so creepy for her because, I, I mean, I'll get into this later, but how many effing hours are they in this thing and he has said not one word? Like she, I mean, if it was me, even if I thought he was going to kill me, I probably would have talked out of like nervousness. And
0: yeah, out of just whatever. like... How can I normalize this situation? (laughs) No, all he does is make like weird facial expressions and like strange movements. And I'd just be like, oh my God, I
1: I'm here with a psycho. (laughs) And he's wearing like another sweater vest and like a creepy overcoat. And like, you don't know what this guy's going to do. It's creepy. Nope, nope. Okay, so quick facts about Jill Goodacre. She's played by Jill Goodacre Connick. She's married to Harry Connick Jr. And she has directed one of his music videos and appeared in several of them. I did not know that. That's That's, a good fact. So she's credited as Jill Connick in the credits, but called Goodacre through the whole episode.
0: Oh, I didn't know that she was married at that point. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder why they did that.
1: Yeah. So she was one of the um, Victoria's Secret's main models in the 80s and 90s. And she, along with a couple, like two or three other gals, helped the brand grow from just catalogs to the huge fashion giant we know now. They were, like, integral into that. I do want to say, I really liked, I thought she was really funny. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, and she she did really well. Oftentimes, models are not, models and, like, sports people are not great actors. But she did a lot, like, she didn't have a lot of lines. And it's hard to act with just your face. And she did a great job. Yeah. I liked this fact. In 1993, she appeared as herself in an exercise video with Sugar Ray Leonard called "Box Out."
0: Oh, we should look into that. <laughs> what is going on in that
1: video? <laughs> it seems like after, like after this episode, this is like what she's most known for is head for modeling, and that she just like like they raised their family. and she worked on Harry's stuff. So, oh,
0: what a good family! Yeah. I really liked her yeah I did too so after the credits roll we opened to a shot of New York and it's of the Empire State Building but I was so distracted by this weird stock shot I don't know if you noticed but it was like super like in, like it was the Empire State Building encased in clouds and there was like a full moon I felt like there was going to be a werewolf that popped out somewhere it just seemed very like ominous and Halloween-y I don't
1: know. Maybe it was just me. No. So this shot struck me as well. I actually was wondering if the reason it looked so weird was because the I know they took the Twin Towers out of a lot of shows after 9-11. And so I went on like a bit of a dive to try to figure out if I looked at like New York City skylines before and after and tried to get a similar like shot of the Empire State Building to see if maybe they would have shown behind it as i could tell you wouldn't have been able to see them from this shot and if you did they would have been like way 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 off so um but i did learn fun fact in season eight there's an episode where chandler makes a joke about a bomb at the airport and the scene was cut out due to 9-11
0: oh i wonder if it's in the dvds
1: oh interesting
0: we should look that up. yeah
1: so anyway i did notice that it was weird
0: it was weird. It was like I, I wanted like a howl to happen or something. Like
1: how I guess. Was <laughs> it what, what didn't Brendan Fraser play a werewolf at some point? Like just have him scurry by. Did he? I thought he was a mummy. Didn't he do like Werewolf in Paris or something? Or is that oh. Am I thinking of um the guy who was in that thing you do? Mom something. Oh,
0: maybe. Wow. <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, okay, but speaking of mummies, <laughs> I just there's a weird background thing that I have to point out. When we go into the girls' apartment, um, and the, the blackout is is in full swing, but Monica's on the phone talking
1: to her mom. Hey, I'm sorry, the blackout is in full swing.
0: <laughs> it's just like it's happening. It's a party. There's some background stuff here where, like, there's a, a new vase of red roses, like fresh red roses next to the front door, like uh, right alongside the kitchen. But what was so weird is that on the shelf, of, in the kitchen, the open shelf, at the same level of Monica's head as she's on the phone, there's what appears to be like a gigantic mug. And I think it's like literally head, like person head sized. <laughs> and it's a, it, it looks like it's a mummy's face. Like it's a mug of a face, a mummy's face with the bandages. Weird. And it might be something else, but that's what it looked like to me. So when you said Brendan Fraser and mummy, I had to just point that out.
1: I don't know. It was distracting. We do learn that they like Halloween. Like there's a lot of Halloween, right? Aren't there a couple of Halloween episodes? Or is there just that one? Yes. No, where they dress
0: up. Yeah. And they have parties. Mm-hmm. Sure,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was just that was just really distracting. It was a it was an oversized mug, like more bit like bigger than what it was in the coffee shop.
1: I love that they've got fresh red roses over there and that goddamn vase of dead flowers is it's literally sitting next to lit candles now yep
0: they're being very reckless I know. <laughs> so know. lot of on the phone and she's just talking to her mom and is like her mom her mom is clearly talking to her about like making sure she looks good because she's like mom who am I going to meet in a
1: blackout like Judy is such a mom. She's so passive aggressive. Monica says that her mom tells her it's all of Manhattan, parts of Brooklyn and Queens. So I looked it up because I wanted to because I had read that like the reason that these three NBC shows all had blackout episodes was because there was a was like a huge blackout in New York in 1984. So it was based on this real thing. I found this New York Times article from 1984 that says I'll just read this quick snippet, Um, a series of failures in underground electrical feeder cables and a transformer, along with unusually warm weather, caused the power shortages that blacked out a number of large apartment buildings on the Upper East Side on Thursday night. Um, they added that the incident has been very unusual and did not pretend further electrical problems for New York City this summer. This was an isolated case in one network in a small part of Manhattan that occurred as a result of a number of random events. So, it was just the Upper East Side in Manhattan, but Monica's mom says it's like all over. They made it bigger than it was. It did, and I wonder if that was because of Jamie in Mad About You. Yeah, probably. We should watch that episode too. I love that show. I do too. Oh, I was also wondering if landlines would work during a blackout.
0: I had the same question.
1: I. Don't remember. Same. So apparently they do because they do not require electricity. They just have the phone cable plug. Oh. But a cordless phone would not work because that requires to be plugged into the wall.
0: So well, I would have to use my mom's upstairs. <laughs> yes, old-fashioned phone.
1: You, the one with the privacy.
0: Yeah. Well, so, so Phoebe then walks in and was like, wants to call her apartment to check on her grandmother and asks Monica what her phone number is. And she was like, well, I never call me. Um, And I feel like that was so ahead of its time because I used to carry all the phone numbers in my head. Even as like, I remember distinctly as like a little kid when I was, 8 9 10 years old i had a variety of people's numbers met, memorized in hand. yeah i could not tell the only reason i know my own phone, phone number is cuz i fill it out on forms
1: <laughs> yeah i used to know your number i used to know mm-hmm. like every friend i had i knew their cuz we didn't have cell phones either in high school yeah and and then i like knew my friend's cell phone numbers in college when that started happening and now I told Court after we'd been dating for like a year, I was like, we should really start to memorize each other's numbers because what if something happens? I don't know. I know my sister's number and that's it. Like I don't know anyone else's phone number. And she's a state like two states away. So I was like, who am I gonna call? Yeah. What if there's an emergency? So I know Court's number now. That's it. <laughs> it's hard oh to remember goodness. now. It is. Although I still do know my childhood phone number. I can use that at Safeway.
0: So I only know those things because it's physical. I can't think of it in my head, but if I, I, if I dial it with my fingers, with the spaces, I know where it is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I I couldn't like recite it off, but I like, I use, I use Tyler's parents landline for our Safeway all the time. (laughs) And I'm just like, but I don't remember it. I'm just like, boop, 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 boop. That's where it is on the
1: keypad. Oh, funny. That's like a weird spatial thing. Yeah. Just another fashion fashion fail. Oh man,
0: I'm so excited. I may vomit. Ross is in cream again. And it is hey. now like the most hideous sweater turtleneck.
1: Ashley, I, I hate this sweater more than like anything in this entire episode. I hate it so much it like makes me sick. I, it's so bad. I like, have like a visceral, physical reaction. to it. No, it's
0: the most offensive thing that he could be wearing right now. I, 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 I can't even.
1: We shouldn't even give it attention or time because it's so awful. Okay, let's just move on because he's stuck in it the whole time.
0: He's stuck uh. in it the whole night as awful as it is, it kind of fuels, like, his whole, his whole being and, like, indignation with the whole situation with Rachel. I feel like it plays, like, the physical part in yeah. his reactions and, like, his whole situation with her. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it was on purpose, but goddamn it, it's awful.
1: God, I'm sorry to whoever the wardrobe people were, but my my goodness that is the worst like the material that is made out of is that material that you wear it for six minutes and you have like nine rolls on your body that don't exist in this sweater and then it's like ribbed and it stretches out and it's a turtleneck also and it's your favorite color on him yeah no it's a it's a it's a tent that's choking
0: you (laughs) That's what it turns
1: into. I always feel like if I'm wearing a turtleneck, I have like a very small person just strangling okay. me slowly. I, I I can't do it. I hate it. I can't. Oh, even wearing like crew neck shirts, I'm just kind of like, oh, this is choking me. I don't like it. I need to make it a V. I need to make it. Yes. I just had to order a shirt for work the other day. And she wrote me back being like crew neck or V-neck. And I was like, this is not even a question. What do you mean? Are you a monster?
0: That's why you cut all the necks off your t-shirts.
1: True. <laughs> oh God. All right. Yeah.
0: So at two minutes, 17 seconds, we go back to the ATM vestibule and Chandler is intermonologuing again like the biggest creeper on the planet and he's lurking in the corner like
1: which which makes it even worse it's so creepy He's just like shoved in the corner between two ATMs just like being weird being so weird and like how we don't even know at this point how long it's
0: been since they've been locked in together and not acknowledged one another like
1: how more awkward can you be yeah first I was okay with it being like a couple minutes because we're jumping between scenes and then the further in we got I was like starting to notice the like we'll talk about it but how fast the candles were burning and I was like this has been seemingly like decades that they've been starting. yeah yeah
0: so there's an extended scene here after he does his inner monologue we see Jill talking to her mom on the phone And she has a whole conversation with her mom about her dog Dexter, how he's scared about the blackout and his peeing in her dad's shoes. And she she says at one point, she's like, mom, you're tripping. But then she turns, she hangs up and she turns to Chandler and she's just like, mothers. And he's like, so proud that she that And he's like, he's like, mothers. Yeah. And he's like so proud that he just keeps repeating that inner monologue in his head. He's like, mothers, yeah, mothers. That's yeah. like, dear Lord, stop.
1: Because your face makes you look like a psychopath. Yeah. Oh my God. And we know from later, we know from later episodes he's scared of dogs. And so maybe that's what threw him into the tizzy. He's like, oh, I can't talk to this girl. She's a Oh my god.
0: Yeah, but but after, when, when Jill's on the phone with her mom and she's like, yeah, I'm just stuck here with, like, no, I'm not stuck alone. Like, I, I'm here with some guy. And he's just like, oh, I'm some guy. Some guy. Oh, I'm some guy. I'm just like, he's acting so erratic. Why doesn't she take her cell phone that she has and
1: call 911? Good point. I didn't even think about that. Call anyone. Call, like, the <laughs> bank. Call <laughs>
0: out of this vestibule with this cheesy person. <laughs> Open it up and let me out.
1: I'm like, where did everyone learn the word vestibule? Jill knows it too? Like, how does everyone know this word? I've never heard this one. <laughs> At 222, really quick there, when Chandler's lurking in the corner, you can see one of the ATMs has a logo that says Vista rather than Visa.
0: Oh, dear God. <laughs>
1: What does that mean? You know, it's like when Joey gets, remember when he gets a bag from Rachel and he has Vasa or Mooster Card? That's the oh.
0: thing. the Vista machine. Yeah. <laughs> Get out your Vista card.
1: And then, Joey, like, Chandler does this creepy thing where he, like, starts dancing over to her. And then she looks at him and he just, like, turns and dances the other way.
0: I said, she gives him another look, and he dances away, doing the Chandler dance, moving his arms terribly. <laughs> Why is he making the whole situation so much
1: worse? Like, I'm awkward, but I don't think I'm this level. This is like, oh no, like psychopathic. <laughs> it is so Chandlery.
0: It's really bad.
1: Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's like. I, I don't know if i would rather watch ross in that sweater or this like it's a toss- up baby i
0: kind of want to die inside for him <laughs> like I, I like when he dances away i'm just like it's over man
1: yep and then they're still stuck like she seems fine and offers some stuff later and i'm like i, I would i am watching a show i've seen it a bunch of times and i'm still like get out of there like be scared for your life. <laughs> It's horrible. She's
0: doing a good job, though. She's making the best of her situation, I feel yeah. like, as she can. But girl, pick up the phone and call someone to get you out of
1: there. Right. Break a window and tell people I was scared for my life and had to get out because they won't process. I mean, I don't know a little law, but, you know. So then at 312, Joey walks in with a fully lit menorah. Okay. Except It's not a menorah i put
0: candelabra because it only has seven candles a menorah has nine eight there's eight there's four on both sides but one big one in the middle oh right For like the final the final whatever Ooh. like night i wrote down like it looks like something out of the phantom of the opera
1: it does. <laughs> this is not a menorah so like why does he have this thing well, and then I was like, well, first I wrote, can I just say how much I hate Ross's sweater turtleneck? Then I, like, this just keeps coming up. But I, I looked on Google trying to figure out if Chandler's old roommate was in fact Jewish because Joey says like, what? It was his old roommates. And the internet seems to confirm that Kip was likely Jewish and did date Monica at some point. Okay. Does Kip come back again? I think we just hear about Kip, but there's like a creepy new roommate that J- Chandler gets for a little while that like The fish guy? The fish guy. Yeah, okay. Who I, th- who I think is Jonathan something. is, is Wasn't he on like, not single guy, but something. He looks like that guy.
0: He looks like that guy. It's not that guy?
1: I don't think so. I think oh. it's a different guy. Oh. Anyway, we'll get to it. but All right. <laughs> Ugly naked guy, a little bunch of candles. So what do you think happened to this ugly naked guy that made them all recoil? Um, Like wax fell on his genitals is what I'm guessing. That's what I thought too. <laughs> but they don't say, so I'm just wondering. Well, so I paused it because I was trying to, I don't know what I was trying to look at, but I noticed that Monica was like, kind of like, like it was like a move that you'd see if like someone had to pee really bad. She like kind of yeah. hands over her area. And so I was like, that's what I thought. That makes, sense. makes yeah. sense. Or maybe he like, I don't know, lights his genitals on fire. I don't know. What else can you do?
0: <laughs> what are you doing with wax that you like drop it on yourself?
1: I don't know. Well, we do see Joey later with the candle tip sideways. He's like burning the wax. It's like a, guys do weird things. I don't know. That's later. true. <laughs> they make
0: messes. That's <laughs> true. Oh. So we jump back real quick, back to the ATM at almost four minutes. And we learn through through Chandler's inner monologue again, that it's been 14 and a half minutes with no talking and no interaction. Like I can't even, it's no. so awkward and uncomfortable. And like that creepy smile that he has on his face that like, It must creep her out so much that she had had to just be like, do you want to, do you want to use my phone to call anybody? Like, please stop being weird.
1: I mean, I feel like in 14 minutes, she would have said more to him. Like, in 14 minutes is a long time. So long. So much silence. And- even if I was again, scared for my life, I feel like I would be, I mean, I might even be like, are you going to kill me? Like what's going on? <laughs>
0: like yeah. it's a long time. You would have taken some kind of action. I would not have let it go 14 minutes. My, I would have started spiraling in my yeah. mind of just like possibilities of what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. And like what, how is it that after several hours or however long, like they're able to play a weird game with the pens and they're like becoming buddy-buddy. But like, why, don't you think that would have happened within like three minutes probably? Yeah. Yeah, somebody please
0: take the lead. Yeah. (laughs) Anybody. I feel like she like only offered him the phone because she thought, "Oh my God, he's a psycho, and I need to test him and see if he will like socially interact with me." But I'm just, I'm so at this moment, I'm so disappointed in Chandler because he's so fidgety, and I don't know if it's a result of just, like, the inner monologue thing, but like he's doing weird things with his hair and his hands and his face, and I'm just like, "Dude, be
1: normal, please." please and this was this was during the time i could be wrong but wasn't this when like downtown new york or like manhattan was not the nicest place to be like it wasn't i mean they cleaned it up at some point but i think in the like 80s 90s there was a lot of crime it wasn't like super safe to be out there like i don't so he could be yeah he could be this weird tweaker so I, i and also i wonder if the fact that he says oh great when the the lights go out and then she doesn't say anything back so maybe it's just like she never responded and so then he just starts like clamming up but like I don't know it's very weird yeah but he does take her her phone
0: and calls calls Monica's apartment because he knows everyone's there
1: I just love I I think I did this to you in our last episode at the end I just love the way he says it through clenched teeth like Arnstock or and that no one can get understand him, but Joey can.
0: Yeah. And then Joey tries to communicate back <laughs> in the same way. I he totally understands him. Yeah. We don't know, we don't know what he says, but like no. he's like, oh, but you, you think I didn't think of that.
1: <laughs> so like would joey know what a vestibule is like does everyone on the planet earth know what a vestibule is? i don't know i don't know this word no but i mean now i do now i'm never gonna say it again because i'm tired of hearing it (laughs) when the episode first opened and we saw rachel looking out the window the big window i was like oh all the crap's gone Like she's just like casually leaning over the bench seat, seemingly unencumbered by a bunch of crap piled in front of it. But then at 537, when we cut back to the apartment, you can see the desk is still in front of the bench seat and that it's just like, Rachel was in between the chair and the desk, like leaning over. So, and again, those dead flowers are incredibly close to two lit candles that are as tall as the flowers, like about to light on fire.
0: (laughs) They have so many candles around. It made me a little nervous.
1: I also was thinking about, um, office ladies podcast and how they talked about if they had like one candle on set, they had to have a safety meeting. A Safety like, meeting. Yeah. I was thinking about that for this episode. Like, wow, what did they have to talk about to have all, the, cause they're real, they all seem like very real candles.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I also have a problem with just how bright it is in their apartment. <laughs> It does not look like a blackout. Even with that many candles, that is not candlelight. There's definitely other light coming from other sources. Um, Especially when later we go into the hallway and we realize how incredibly dark it really is. Right. I'm like, come on now. But (laughs) I get it. I get it. It's a TV show. We have to see our people.
1: Looking their best in these awful outfits. Yeah.
0: So... (laughs) The gang is making their best attempt to entertain themselves by talking about the weirdest places they've had sex.
1: And Phoebe's is Milwaukee, and I love it so much. Oh my God, oh my God.
0: Monica's a senior year in college on a pool table.
1: Joey's is the
0: women's restroom on the second floor of the New York City Library.
1: <laughs> and Ross had sex in Disneyland in 1989 with carol um yeah <laughs> yes
0: in a small world might i add which to me seems
1: the least sexy place that you could ever do it it like, kind of smells in there from the water doesn't it and there's like creepy mannequin dolls and or like ventriloquist dolls and the song just keeps
0: on going <laughs> like it never stops Also, I had a a little bit of a problem with this just because I know that Disneyland has so locked down with their surveillance. Like Mm -hmm. the safest place that you could ever lose a kid is in Disneyland because because they've got cameras everywhere. (laughs) So I, I, I don't believe that Ross and Carol could get literally out of the boat behind the little Dutch dolls and get their pants down before someone would actually like stop them. I think that it they would be intercepted.
1: It is 1989 though, so maybe I don't
0: know. Not, not that I never tried, but, <laughs> but I I just feel like like there's the Disney people
1: are so on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't think he's that adventurous. uh huh No, and he's like, not a risk taker. No. And at first I was like, okay, so we're hearing about this story in 1984. I think we learned at some point they were together for seven years. So that does track. So maybe that was before she like totally gave up on trying to do anything intimate with him. She was like, maybe, maybe it was Carol because she was like trying oh. to figure out what was going on with her. And like trying to do something to like save her marriage or or like spice things up. I could definitely see that.
0: She's just yeah. like, let's do this crazy thing because I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I hate your sweater. So please get um, it. Out. <laughs> oh man. But poor Rachel
0: is just like, oh, I'm at the foot of the bed. It made me so sad. He just sounds like a total wang. Like <laughs> oh, God, when, she, when she talks later to Ross, I mean, but she talks with Ross about him and how, like, he wouldn't even kiss her on the mini golf course. I'm like, this guy has got to go.
1: Especially for this girl who's, like, really peppy and fun and happy and, like, energetic and popular. Yeah. Like, what, what's going on? Why,
0: why are you settling for this douchebag?
1: Yeah, I guess it was just, like, I mean, she was caught in a cycle of, like, this is the life you have, you live. And then she was like, wait, I don't want this life.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that she broke free of that. Um, yeah. But it was still like, I I kind of felt bad for her when she was just like, put up the bread, and they were like, you win. I'm like, oh, that's
1: kind of mean. She hasn't had her time yet. Yeah, well then Ross is like, I see big passion in your life or in your future. And she's like, oh, Ross, you're so great. And then Joey never gonna happen never
0: gonna happen um okay so when ross says like i see big passion in your future i was like ross if you're again going back to the laundry if you're gonna say like that you better have the action to back it up and just like take her and kiss her like you can't just say stuff like that and just be then like oh oh nothing happened i still like you like you got to do
1: something Yeah, they were sitting like knee to knee on the floor. I see big passion in your future. Her future is literally each second that passes by. Just take her,
0: right there. Yeah, give her, give her a big old kiss. Like, do something because where, when else are you going to do it? You've got one. Like I think Joey says it later. You've got wine. You've got candles. You've got a blackout. Like it's the perfect time, man.
1: Like, if you don't seize the moment now, it's never going to happen. I, I, oh God. Yeah. Ross, like there are some times I love Ross, but there's some times where I'm like, who acts like this? Like, who's such a big baby? Like, I'm, I'm scared and nervous of, of things and like making moves, but not like this. Like if I was sitting in front of him like that and he said that to me, I probably would have been like, oh, but, oh, like, what do you, like, we went on a date to do laundry. You've asked if you can ask me out. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. Do so you want to go in my bedroom, which is right there <laughs> and show me. Come on. Another kind of
0: issue I have with Rachel in this episode is that she acts kind of aloof.
1: Yeah. And
0: I don't I don't know if she like in this episode she doesn't get it or if she does, but like she's not she's not feel she's not sensing it because she does do the stand-up toss
1: all the hair and be like here's some great yeah I think that because he had asked her if he could ask her out and then didn't they go on this date to the laundry that she thinks is a date she has kissed him and nothing has happened and she knows that like he's had a thing for her for a long time and so I wonder if for her it's like it's like feels really good but she's not there like she's not into him as much she's just like this is fun and it feels good because I know he likes me, but yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: huh. Whatever. It's not anything serious. It's like a little like flirty little thing, but it's not anything big.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Confidence booster. And then for him, he's like, everything has to be perfect because she's the one. Like, Come on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I do think it's funny that, that that he said those things and then she like tosses his hair and leaves. And when Joey when he walks by Joey and Joey's like, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> and Ross is so indignant. He's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> why not? <laughs> he, just, he kind of like finally goes in and then Joey's just playing with the candle wax and he's, he's, he launches into this whole discussion about the, like topic about the friend zone but I think it's true, too. Like, Ross has gotten to the point where he has kind of pushed her into the friend zone because he's made these little flirty moves without the actions to back it up. Yeah. So, like, I think that that kind of contributes to that, like, I want to say, like, a safe space mm-hmm. where then you can, like, flirt, you can kind of, like, Cross little lines without it having to mean anything, Mm -hmm. but that is, that is like kind of the friend zone line, right?
1: Yeah. There's availability without like commitment.
0: Yep. And and it is a confidence booster. I think that you're totally right with that. It's just like, oh, I could feel good about myself because I could feel attractive, Mm -hmm. but not have, have to follow through with anything
1: yeah and i think for her too it's like her friend's brother and maybe she just like hasn't been forced to see him in that way like she's done these things but it's kind of like he's never really made a move and so it's just Mm -hmm. oh my friend like my friend's brother that's a really good point i know you found this out too
0: but i had no idea that the term friend zone was coined by this episode and this series
1: I had no idea and how perfect that the friend zone was coined by friends. I, I, know. I, I had no idea.
0: It's so good. It's so good. I, so I, I I actually went to the Wikipedia page for friend zone. <laughs> and I have to read like the definition that they said, because it's it like, I don't know, it, it made me laugh just the way it was written. But it says, that the friend zone was originally portrayed in the episode, the one with the blackout on the television series, Friends. When two people meet, there's a short period in which there is potential for a romantic relationship. After this time, if they continue to see each other, they are in the friend zone. And so a romantic relationship is effectively impossible, even if one of the parties wishes it for, for it to be
1: possible. I have a funny one that I found from theeverygirl.com. Nice. I don't know. They said the friend zone happens when two people are friends and one person wants more while the other doesn't. This can naturally lead to disappointment or frustration on both sides, and the mismatch of feelings occurs for people of all genders and orientations.
0: That's very true.
1: It's an inclusive thing being yeah. friend zone. <laughs> No, and it's true.
0: Like, Ross says that he's laying the groundwork. Like, he's trying to defend himself, being like, I'm laying the groundwork. But Joey is perfectly right in this situation. Yeah. He's just like, you are taking too goddamn long. Yeah, he says you're the mayor of the zone. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Going back, I think that's maybe why I vibe in on Joey a little bit, because he is a man of action.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, God, Ross is so annoying. He's like, oh, I'm waiting for the right moment. Like, you already went on a date. Like, let's get yeah. it together. The yeah. moment has passed. Man <laughs> She kissed you. What <laughs> your signal do you need? <laughs> oh, my God.
0: I had a question just about the friend zone that I wanted to ask you, like, your opinion about. So it just in in your experience or like your idea of the friend zone, like, is there a moment when that transition happens
1: and can you come back from it? Interesting. So we grew up in a small town
0: uh, (laughs) where the smaller the town might
1: skew this a little bit, but I feel like I've gone there in and out of it several times with multiple people (laughs) because of lack of other options maybe I I think it's hard I think it's hard to go once you've crossed the line it's harder to go back to the friend zone for sure not impossible but there's always I think there's always someone who's like suffering in some way
0: yeah, I I I was the, kind of of the same mindset. I think that there's there's chance for crossover. Mm-hmm. Like once you get to that point where you consider someone a friend, there's there's definitely like things that can happen that make you like that flip a switch where yeah. you can go where you can go the opposite way. But I think that there's still that sometimes that friend piece that's a to it that yeah. make, that makes it like n- not as hot. <laughs> yeah. Like not as good, not as not as like all in.
1: Yeah. Um convenient.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. But I don't know where the moment of that crossover is. I was trying to think about that of like like, is there a length of time? Is there a moment that happens? Is there like a situation, like a, like a moment that's shared or a situation? And I, I think it's personal to like the individuals, maybe. Totally.
1: Yeah. Well, I was thinking about, as you were saying that a lot of my friends I've known since like kindergarten. So like we were, (laughs) there was no like anything else except being friends for a long, long, long time. And then like hormones develop or like there's no one else in town <laughs> <laughs> like, the options and so sometimes that can flip a switch but i was also thinking about when i left in san francisco i went on, <laughs> my roommates wrote a craigslist dating ad for me this is before dating apps like there was craigslist dating before i like i think there was maybe like one serial killer or one like craigslist murder had happened but oh. I, it wasn't like as cre- like you don't you could like put dating ads up there um and it was free and so my roommates wrote an ad for me and I went on a couple dates and one of them was a guy that was really fun and I would go to Giants games with and I felt only a friend vibe and we went out I think we went I think we like had dinner and then maybe went to a Giants game on a second time out and then he tried like when we went home he tried to kiss me and I was like oh I'm so sorry I don't feel that way And it felt awful and it was like the time of email. So I emailed him (laughs) to be like, oh, I see you as a friend, blah, blah, blah. So I think I friend zoned him, but I liked, we like hung out a lot as friends, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I was thinking about my experiences too in similar situations with people that I had known a long time that then like we were, we were established friends where it like the affection came out of the blue. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's where it got really difficult
2: mm-hmm.
0: because it was almost like there was no, there were no um, signs like Ross where it's like, there was a kiss or like mm-hmm. something that was overtly said, like, I I see big passion in your future. It was just like it was God. like this. If you look at it like a graph, it was like a flat line, friend, 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 and then it was like some crazy move or thing that happens that spiked past the friend zone, where yeah. it was like I have not fully wrapped my head around this or cannot expect it. But maybe I mean I was thinking maybe Ross has something to this where he's like planting little seeds so that she's like actually coming around to the fact and seeing it so she can see him in another light that makes her more inclined to then want to be with him
1: which is sweet but he can't take
0: seven months or whatever (laughs) no no it's got like there's got to be some action at some point but I, I could see how he's like the laying the groundwork he is kind of putting himself out there in these ways but there's got to be a point of no return where it's like come on Ross like go, then now go for it because she kind of knows
1: right well and like I guess we have to take into consideration like his marriage ended in the first episode and like also her marriage never started and so right. like she's in a place where she's like feeling free and he's in a place like he just wants to be in a relationship that's all he wants like his didn't end of his choice hers ended of her choice so he's like wanting that back and like that's all he wants and she's just kind of like we like I'm free I can do anything like I can make my own decisions and like not in that same place and he's just yeah <laughs> So. groundwork i think you're right he was laying the groundwork he asked her can i ask you out and she's like sure but the second she kissed him i think like that all that's it like the building is built like we're done like we're done
0: yeah we can't go back <laughs> yeah and we
1: have
0: which is which is what's confusing
1: yeah god yeah if i was her i would be like not being as cool with him and she's just like oh little buddy rubbing his hair and i'd just be like monica what's going on with rob <laughs> oh my god we would be like i kissed him and then he didn't like and then he ran into a wall i would be chandler right now with ross uh i noticed a quick background thing at 10.05 right behind me you You can see monica's kitchen aid on the counter did you notice this no so i her kitchen aid is black and up until now i thought it was yellow and so I was like, did I just see it wrong? And no, she has, over the series, she has at least four different colors of KitchenAids and they're not consistent. At first I was like, oh, maybe they wear out and then they get a new one, like every couple of years, um, which shouldn't be the case because they last forever. Mine's yeah. 80. So I saw a picture from season seven or eight where she has the yellow one. And so it's not that because she had the yellow one up until now and all of a sudden it's black and then it goes back yellow I think there's a red one there's like four different colors so that was very weird
0: maybe because she becomes like a caterer and a chef like maybe she just has a bunch of them because
1: she likes to cook they're so expensive so that was just I was like all of a sudden like wait that's weird Hmm. then do we go do we go back to Chandler again being awful yeah it's very quickly, we go back for like
0: a minute where Bill offers him some gum and then he refuses it because it's not sugarless and then beats himself up after it, over it. Chandler,
1: <laughs> buddy. <laughs> I mean, he knows it the second he says it too. I have to say that I do that a lot. I will, when I feel uncomfortable, I will just keep talking. Oh no. You're filling the space, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, I cringey. Cringey, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Chandler, it's not great. (laughs) She's just like, what? Yeah, she gives him
0: another look, like, what is wrong with you?
1: (laughs) And guys, sugar-free... Gun. it's like so bad for you don't chew that all oh, gum is bad for you <laughs> yeah i mean yeah regular gum has a lot of sugar but like sugar-free also this is like cancer causing don't chew that just don't have gum just have an altoid <laughs> touch your teeth okay so we cut we
0: go back to the girl's apartment again um and phoebe is just sitting there singing away with her guitar about the blackout and how she is staying away from dairy <laughs> So it made me wonder, because I know that she's a vegetarian, but she's she's not vegan, right? So, oh. so I don't think that that necessarily tracks later. I think that it's just a fun
1: rhyme. She does say yuh-huh at some point in this part, and mm-hmm. I looked up the origin of that phrase because I don't know if people say that now, yuh-huh. yuh yeah. Uh Yeah. They do. Uh Yeah. Maybe maybe not so much. I couldn't actually find an origin of it, but UrbanDictionary.com had a pretty good example of how you use it. Um, which is kind of, it's mildly offensive. I didn't write this, but so they said the definition of yaha is an affirmative comeback commonly used after nuh-uh. So it's -uh, nuh-uh yaha. So their example is, did you see that Amy got a nose job? And then the other person says "nah and then she goes "yaha," and then the other girl goes "that crazy bitch." Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good example. I want to write for Urban Dictionary. Well, <laughs> oh, Peter yeah. Peter WN from September twenty second two thousand eight wrote that, so you might be able to write that.
0: Oh, I feel like I use "nah uh way more than "yaha."
1: Yeah, I don't think I say. I mean, judging from. The amount of times we say yeah on this podcast, I don't think we see it.
0: I definitely like talk to my family a lot. I say nah.
1: Such an 80s thing. Oh, oh my
0: god, yeah. So Ross goes over and tells Joey that he's like gonna talk to Rachel. And Joey is like so excited for him. <laughs> like, he gives him like a handshake and a big hug, telling him good luck. And it's like Joey's genuine investment in Ross's happiness is so pure.
1: And I love it so much. This is the thing Joey knows. Like, oh. he is confident. He is smart. He is, like, he knows what to do here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when, when Ross is just like, okay, we're good. And he walks out, like, to the balcony where Rachel is. And he Joey, like, runs after him. And I wrote down like, Joey is such a good wingman. Like yes. if you ever want a wingman, Joey is your guy. Yes. Because he, he he stations himself outside of that window. Monica quickly walks out like he's to talk to Rachel and he's like, you can't go out, you can't go out there. Like he's he's he is guarding, he is in it, he is there for Ross.
1: And, and it's, he's, because <laughs> it's because of the reason.
0: It's because of the reason.
1: You're so right. And and that shows later when Rachel asks Joey to take Tag out on the town. And Tag's like, yeah, we met all these women. And Rachel's like, wait, what? No, no.
0: Yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not how that was supposed to be. Nuh-uh. <laughs> the reason that Joey comes up with to get Monica to stop going out there is always to, like, fulfill Monica's, like, self-indulgence. And and it's so funny because he's just like, oh, because he's planning your party, your birthday party. And she gets so happy. She's just like, oh, my gosh. She's so into it. So Phoebe Phoebe mentions that she's always the last to know about everything. And then she, she blurts out that she was the last to know that Monica had a crush on Joey when he moved in. And there is an extended scene here. Monica gets really defensive and she's like it wasn't a crush it was more like a dent and Joey was just like a big dent and Monica reveals she's like well I thought you had nice arms when you were moving in you were like moving stuff and I just I I liked your arms Joey goes over and picks up one of the dining room chairs he's like (laughs) hey look I'm picking up this chair with my arms does this do anything for you? (laughs) <laughs> and she just kind of was like
1: oh <laughs> that was it okay so I read that the reason that they revealed this is because you know originally I think we talked about this before Monica and Joey were supposed to be the main relationship in the show Yeah. and so that had already been written in but when they cast Jennifer Aniston as Rachel they changed that overarching storyline So they, like, played with this crush thing. But um, because Jennifer Aniston was Rachel, they decided, oh, it's got to be her and Schwimmer.
0: Yeah, Monica and Joey don't have any chemistry at all. Which actually makes the scene really funny. Yeah. Because she's just, like, she's just not into it. And he's just like,
1: huh? Huh? Well, and we get a glimpse in a later episode where he imagines what it's like if they were together is that is that the one with the flashback well i think think it's it's just like a fake one it's like a oh okay i think he's is it one where he where she's dating chandler and he's imagining what it's like to if he was with her i can't remember but i don't remember like fat and she's feeding him a bunch of food and oh yeah I can't even imagine Monica's reaction if she saw him pick up her chair and put it back in the wrong spot. Like she would have hated that. Oh, got a turn on for her. Completely,
0: completely. So while this while this is all happening, Ross goes out to the balcony and is now talking with Rachel.
1: And at twelve forty-five, that charcoal barbecue is out there. So, oh. that episode where Chandler lifts the lid up—it was barbecue. Got it. It was not a trash can list. and the balcony is way smaller than that one with the girl Stephanopoulos. You're right. It's tiny now.
0: Yeah, it just shrunk somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> when we go- when we originally go out to the balcony, like Rach, this is the like aloof part that I was referencing earlier. Which like, she's so just unaware. Like they're sitting, they're sitting touching. They're shoulder to shoulder looking out over the balcony. They're like, Oh, the lights are all out. Isn't it amazing? You can see the stars. And she's just like gazing up at the sky, not noticing that he's like staring at her with her his face, like right next to her. Like you can you can sense when someone is staring at you, yeah, out of your periphery. Like I was just like that's a good bit of acting that jennifer aniston is doing because he's boring holes into like her ear
1: right he's like now breathing on her face he's so close
0: yeah. i was like why are you can you not feel him right there like what, where are you right now where like you you just like shared a kiss
1: last. like what happened right i feel like if she wasn't interested or maybe she's just using it for confidence boosting but like you don't stand like that and have that like barely Uh arms unless there's like something and there's electricity yeah not in the city but between them yeah (laughs) that's a good one thank you i wrote in all caps look at him but also like ross put your arm around her do anything And then he does try. He gets her attention
0: by saying, so I have a question or a general wondering, whatever he has. I
1: think I'm going to start using that. I have general wondering.
0: Yeah. But like, does she not notice how uncomfortable he is? He's standing like with his arms and then he's like fidgeting and he's like, uh, oh, like he's so nervous. Does she not notice?
1: Maybe she just thinks he's like so uncomfortable in that turtleneck. (laughs) <laughs> like why are you wearing that thing you should take yeah, it off i get it i mean if yeah. she said that that would be a move <laughs> that, that, that would be a good move i have a lot of questions about the next like four seconds she is not hearing what he's saying and she's watching this cat but like how no cat that ledge is like this wide it is like an inch wide <laughs> No cat would do that. Where did the cat come? I mean, I guess we know where the cat comes from, but like also, I just logistically, how did they convince that cat to jump on Ross or to jump on Schwimmer? Like it did. Like, how did they get it to do that? Uh,
0: either good training or good treats or both. Shoulders um, got coated in like mouse smell or something. butter? Wait, no, is that for cats or dogs? I don't know fish maybe <laughs> Ew. so I did read that David Schwimmer is actually allergic to cats
1: oh that too yeah I was thinking about when Rachel gets the hairless cat and so I was like oh this makes sense she would be distracted by the cat because she really does like cats yeah yeah poor guy he had to have a cat on him I know
0: but <laughs> it is kind of funny that like when you After this scene, when the cat jumps on him, it immediately cuts back inside, and
1: they're just like
0: so obliviously singing, like having this great sing along. It's pure comedy with with Ross with this clearly stuffed cat on on his shoulder, like flailing about so practically. Yeah. So so crazy that I I kind of feared like one of them would would fly off the balcony. <laughs> it was it was so crazy, and they just like I just like
1: singing. they're like snapping and tapping their toes and just don't don't care about anything. We're in a blackout. It's all great.
0: <laughs> it went it, like the whole scene goes just long enough that it starts to get uncomfortable.
1: Like. Why
0: are they not noticing? <laughs> and then it's perfect.
1: Finally, he falls flat on the ground, and they are like he falls out of the window on the balcony. Like, not, he doesn't fall out of the window. We don't. He, yeah, yeah. He falls down, and Rachel's like, like she's following behind him the whole time he's flailing, which is pretty impressive because he's being crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> then they cut back to the apartment and. Monica's behind him trying to put back teen on his cat wound. First, Joey drops hot wax on, on his back when he's just like, she's like, "It's not gonna hurt," and then Joey just drops it on his back. And he's like, "Wow!" Oh. Like, "Oh, sorry." So he's just messing with the wax again. But Phoebe, like, um, Phoebe mentions like, "Oh, poor little tooty," like he's so scared, and I'm like, "Who?" What the pet name is Tootie? I was like, what is that? I, I don't understand. She calls the cat Tootie. Oh.
1: I don't know. I did not even notice
0: that. It was just weird. And, like, I didn't notice it as a... I didn't recognize that as a common term of endearment. No. I
1: was no. like, that's a weird name. Of course. Anyways. He calls farts toots. That's the only thing I can think of. And you would be calling a little cat a little farty. Little farty, which he kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought that Ross looked great in that t-shirt. Because he takes off his sweater, right? And he has that t-shirt on. You look great. Better. Keep it. Great color. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then we go back to the the ATM vestibule.
1: Chandler's all, gum would be perfection. Ugh, Chandler.
0: Okay, so, and he's just like reeling about how gum would be perfection and just like spiraling into this just self deprecative hole that he's created for himself. But this is where I I wanted to point out, what the f*** is up with all the trash on the ground? Are the people of New York total animals? Like in this one little space, there's probably, I I think I counted 13 individual pieces of trash that mostly look like receipts, but some of them are like wadded off paper bags. (laughs) And I was like, what, what, why does this have to be? Why do they have to put this in the show?
1: I don't know. They seem to like to do that, because remember when the boys were out in the street going to the hockey game, and I was like, God, why is there so much trash on the ground? <laughs> like, these are stages they're choosing to put that amount of trash. So, like, you're now portraying New York City to be that garbage. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know it's someone's job on set to just, like,
1: <laughs> wad up pieces of paper and throw it, throw it down. Looks natural. <laughs> yeah. To, I, I guess in an ATM it would make sense to have a bunch of wadded up receipts. Although, your account number's on there, so maybe not. Also, is there a trash can? Like, on your way out? Shouldn't there be? You're not a responsible bank. Again, this is where I was like, it seems like hours have passed at this point. Based on what's going on in Monica's apartment, how much time has passed for him and Jill? Are they on the same timeline? Because at this point, it has been multiple hours.
0: So, there, I, we missed it, but there was a deleted scene or extended scene on the DVD, maybe five minutes back that have the girls looking in their fridge and they open the fridge to start eating the stuff out of there because it's starting to go bad. And it's like, they, off, Monica offers the guys a Klondike soup. And I'm like, if it's been that long that their freezer is melting, How many days have they been in
1: here? (laughs) It's dark outside, so it can't like your freezer will stay cold for like a day or two, I feel like. If you
0: don't open it, but maybe they're just 20-something stupid heads and
1: they're just keep opening their fridge. Joey probably did. Had to keep his strength up for helping Ross.
0: At 14 minutes, six seconds, Rachel and Phoebe are wandering the halls of their apartment complex, trying to with the cat, trying to find the owner. And it is superbly dark. Yeah, pitch. I can't see anything.
1: Because of like your genius uh, naming of Monica's shirt earlier of the color, what color would this darkness be called? What would this black or this color?
0: Be called? Um, it's pretty inky. Okay. I would call it a pretty
1: inky midnight. Is the pretty part of it? So pretty inky midnight, or just pretty? It, it's
0: pretty inky midnight.
1: Okay, <laughs> not not
0: fully, just pretty, just pretty. Okay.
1: Great. You have got a real real career change coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked the the line. It's just like a total throwaway, but Rachel's like about to knock on a door. And she's like, "Oh wait, these—they hate all living things. Yeah, are, we're not gonna, not gonna check with
0: them. <laughs> if you never see them. It's just like, no. oh, then,
1: yeah." Athena yeah. no. fourteen fourteen, Mister Huckles. Oh my gosh! Okay, he lives in apartment
0: eight. I watched extensive fairy tale theater episodes when I was a child. And he was in the Three Little Pigs. He was Bert, the trash like collector guy, where the three pigs bought all of their building materials from. No way! Yes, I I like I, it. It didn't even occur to me until I watched it through again, and I was like, because because we've been revisiting fairy tale theater with our kids, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh my God, it's Bert! <laughs> I didn't know Mr. Heckles was Bert.
1: Oh, oh, I have not seen those shows in so many decades. I need to revisit those. They're great. That was not listed on anything I read. So they need wow. to this guy's bio because that's important.
0: <laughs> that short film was with such greats as Billy Crystal, Jeff Goldblum, and Fred Willard. Oh, they were all in
1: Three Little Pigs. Oh God, still too soon on Fred. I know. So sad. Okay, so Larry Hankin, who plays Mr. Heckles, credited as the weird guy in this episode, he has also been in Seinfeld, Matlock, Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood, three John Hughes movies, Billy Madison as Crazy Carl, Home Improvement, and Married with Children. And I don't know if this is going to be the version of the Monster Space show you like, but he was in three episodes... (laughs) what do you
0: call Star Trek Monster Space Show? I don't know anything.
1: <laughs> okay. He was in... <sighs> okay, he was in three episodes of Star Trek Voyager and one episode of Star Trek Next Generation.
0: Um, Next Generation was my
1: okay. jam. Okay, that's the good one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll never remember, but... <laughs> Okay, he was also in seasons three and five of Breaking Bad as well as the movie sequel El Camino on Netflix. What? Yeah, and so I was telling that to Court. I was like, do you remember who he was in Breaking Bad? He plays the the junkyard guy who crushes the cars. Oh,
0: that must be why I'm probably in, like combining him with Bert from the Three Little Pigs because he's the same character. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <The junkyard
1: guy. laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. He's just like you want to buy some nice bricks <laughs> you got some nice sticks over here
1: <laughs> also some mess is that a thing you
0: want <laughs> <laughs> oh man so i mean when they when they are like we're looking for the owners the owner of this cat he is so clearly lying and so deadpan the way that he says the cat's name like he creates the cat's name in the moment like was so good it made me laugh so hard when he was just like yeah buttons but bob yeah yeah bob Bob, 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 buttons bob buttons bob Bob buttons
1: i read the same thing i was like why is this so funny it's so funny i'm the cat named bob (laughs) buttons Phoebe's <laughs> like your cat's named bob buttons and he's like yes <laughs> yes that's right okay i don't know if you were so i know you love star trek monsters but i was really into <laughs> <Sorry>. I... <laughs> my my movie as a kid was annie i was so I obsessed love annie me. love okay. annie I wore out two VHS copies of that movie, and I knew, like, the entire, my mom would read me the book, and she'd skip a word, and I'd be like, you missed the, like, that annoying thing, and I had the record, and I would just, like, listen to it, I'd sit on the heater vent in my nightgown, and, like, listen to the record, um, so he, oh my god, like an orphan. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I they did that in the movie did they have a record player in the movie no but they listened to the radio oh like, true on the, on the,
1: I think on the heater vent. <laughs> I used to do that thing where you like put your nightgown around it and it would like bubble out from the heat oh, to do that. Yeah. yeah okay so in Annie uh, Larry Hankin plays the dog catcher who tries to catch Sandy oh my god you're right I totally yes yep I, didn't, I have to go back and watch it. It's been a long time since I saw it.
0: I feel like this guy never ages.
1: No, but he's he always is, been 80.
0: <laughs> he's always been the same age. <laughs> he's either like 50 or 70.
1: <laughs> exactly. He is a founding member of an improvisation group that was located at an indoor bocce ball court in San Francisco's North Beach district in the 60s. So they did improv on the bocce ball court. That sounds about right. Yeah, he also was in Janet Jackson's music video for her single in 1986, "What Have You Done to Me for Me Lately," as a cook slash waiter. And um, he most recently was a depressed hitman in Barry in 2018. I could totally see that. And he's in five episodes of Friends. I love him, Bob Buttons. I don't know if Cordo will go for that name. I really enjoy it.
0: Well, after after they leave Mr. Heckles, Rachel wanders off, like, alone. Like, she and Phoebe split up, but they only have one candle. So, like, Phoebe is wandering around the dark. I was like, where's Phoebe? And she doesn't
1: have any light. Good point. I didn't even think about that. She's still stuck with Mr. Heckles?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I worried about her for a hot minute. Um, so, I mean, like, but Rachel's wandering around calling for the cat and then she runs like straight into Pablo, who's holding the
1: cat. He's not my type, but I can see how he might be dreamy.
0: There's like a thing where you don't understand each other, but like the passion is so hot, you know, it's (laughs) just like, you don't need language. We just... (laughs)
1: We use our bodies. I don't know. Is that a thing? I maybe mean, that's the move. That you, do you want to use our bodies later? He doesn't do it for me. He's got real greasy hair. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, if
0: his hair, if he had a better haircut, he's, he's not a, he's not an offensive looking guy. Like he's pretty, he's pretty cute, but his hair is just really distracting.
1: Yeah. Do you want to know what his real name is? Yes. It's pretty good. His first name is Cosimo, or Cosimo, C-O-S-I-M-O, Fusco, F-U-S-C-O, Cosimo Fusco. Cosimo Fusco. (laughs) So he's best known for playing Paolo in the U.S. Uh, He was also in God in 60 Seconds, Angels and Demons, and Alias. Yes,
0: it's a show about a spy.
1: (laughs) Oh, Buster. He's also been in a bunch of Italian and German productions that I cannot pronounce. According to bustle.com, he's been working steadily for three decades and the only years between now and his friend's appearance that he does not have any credits are 2003, 2015 and 2016. Wow. Credit on his resume every year from 94 to now he speaks four languages, Italian, English, Spanish, and French lives in Rome as in three episodes of friends. I'm kind of surprised at that
0: well she is like rubbing all over him like immediately which I'm just like whoa girl like tone it down you don't even know what this guy's saying or who he is and you're like you're like all like you're all over his bicep
1: like <laughs> yeah I roll. maybe I'm just like too I don't know Crudy, but that would scare me like I, I don't think I could just be like hanging all over someone I can't even like converse with in any way like he doesn't speak no. zero words
0: well so there's an extended scene to enter back into the girls apartment where they're playing Monopoly and it it, it goes back to Monica and Joey's little flurry thing where Joey's like playing with the Monopoly car and he's like Monica, want to go for a ride in my race car? I'll bring my arms. Monica's like, I'll bring my wheelbarrow to carry your tea. And I was like, ouch. Chill out. Too far. Yeah. But that's when, after that, that's when Rachel comes in and brings Paula to introduce to the rest of the group.
1: Ugh. He, so I found the translations for his lines. 1535, he goes hi guys, I just moved in and I live in the floor below this, so I guess we'll see quite a lot of each other. It sounds much better in Italian. 100%. And she's like, he doesn't speak much English. I love how Monica's just like, hi. Hi. (laughs) Hi. And at 1549, I don't know if you saw this, Joey is like so puffed up and like squinting at him. Oh, he's so so upset. (laughs) He's so upset. I actually laughed out loud, like legitimately looking at him. He was just like scowling, like what is going on? Oh, he is being
0: the perfect wingman because he's so upset on Ross's behalf. (laughs) Like he's behind Ross. He's all like, just like he's moving his head and it's like shaking his, shaking his face. And he has a good angry nod as backup. Like when, when Ross is upset and he's just like, "Hmm."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so good. But, but what's like so upsetting is he has more passion than Ross has at all. Like, Ross is doing
0: nothing. Well,
1: yeah. yeah. At 16 30, Paolo says, Phoebe, you're gorgeous too. If you're all this beautiful, I'll move right here. Well, and then Phoebe's just like, you betcha. And she's like, <laughs> she's so genuinely
0: girly. She's like, has the cutest little, like, happy, scrunchy face. She's like, yeah. You better. You better. But I wanted to point out like, in this moment, we find out later that she doesn't know that she knows Italian. But I think that she understands Italian because if you, if, I don't know what episode it is, but when Joey has his Days of Our Lives debut and his Nona is watching. Phoebe converses, converses with his Nona in Italian and she's like, they're like, you know Italian? And she's like, yeah, I guess so.
1: Oh, that's right. right. She must have learned that behind the dumpster when she learned French. Yeah. We go back to Chandler. Oh, uh, Chandler. In 1653, he's trying <laughs> to be impish. Ugh.
0: Oh, God. He's trying so hard to have boyish charm. <laughs> and- because he thinks, he thinks he's going to blow a bubble with his
1: gun. I looked up impish. It means inclined to do slightly naughty things for fun or mischievous. And I'm like, that's not really the the error that you should be portraying currently. <laughs> Although if if naughty things makes other people like girls
0: uncomfortable,
1: then yes, you are succeeding. <laughs> and he's like trying to pull his bubble, spits his whole lot of gum out on the table. And oh, it's so like, gross. There are like five chunks of massive... Balls of gum on the table. Why are they usually underneath? Like, where did? Where, who is spitting gum all over the place? Like, are people really that much the worst? Like, putting it under the table is bad enough, but like, who's just throwing it on top of the bank table?
0: Also, when when he spits it out, like it goes way too far. Like the projectile. I'm just like, if you're blowing a bubble, it doesn't go that far. It would just like dribble out of your mouth.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then when he tries to pick the gum back up, I actually, like, physically started gagging when he's chewing someone else's gum. It's so bad. The fact that they still haven't talked,
0: like, really, is making me so uncomfortable. Like, you don't have to talk the whole time, but there needs to be some socially appropriate amount of talking, like, small talk, to acknowledge one another's presence.
1: Because at this point, it's seemingly been, like, what six hours four even one and you have said nothing like it's too it's awful I hate it then he starts choking <laughs> oh buddy this poor woman just has
0: to like save him from choking but then I love I, what I love about her is that she makes fun of him after the fact and says like saving his life was perfection <laughs> I was like yeah good job In about 18 minutes, we're back in the apartment. Paolo's talking at the window bench to Rachel while Joey and Ross are so clearly, angrily lurking in the kitchen behind the plant, like just watching them, like so mad.
1: Rachel's just like swoon city over there. And Paolo's like, in Italian, look at the moon, look at the stars, look at everything. That's beautiful. See, it's so funny because in English, it sounds like total garbage.
0: Right, in Italian, you know, like I'm like, oh, I see the appeal. Yeah, same. Even at this point, when like Rachel's clearly swooning over over him, he's still kind of a shiny new toy. Yeah, like Ross could just do it, pull her aside, and be like, "Look, this guy is a total douche that you found over here. Like, I love you." I'm into you kiss her make it happen like you he has the groundwork laid so then like let her know how you feel you still have the higher ground yeah but if he but if he waits too long he's gonna lose it because she's gonna find a connection with
1: with this guy with her body with her body so I really loved when Phoebe was asking Rachel like oh when you were in Bermuda with Barry like did you rent mopeds because Rachel's like we didn't have any fun and Phoebe's like well did you rent mopeds because I've had fun (laughs) like oh Phoebe Phoebe's like oh oh it's not about that right now Okay. And there's a great moment of physical comedy from Ross right there where he's pointing at Joey and then to the girls. Like he's conveying to him, like, I want you to go talk to them and distract them so I can go over here and talk to Paolo. And he's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Oh man, I miss that. Oh, it's good.
0: <laughs> oh God. When Rachel comes in between the two, the two girls and it's just like, Oh my God, like, this isn't me. What am I doing? I love when Monica turns to her and is like, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> you don't want to do it? I'll do it. I did like that they put that in there from Rachel because it does kind of help it make a little bit more sense that she's just kind of like going with the flow, but she's also yeah. going, what am I doing?
0: So I do want to point out though, like back to Monica talking to her mom at the very beginning of the episode about how she's not going to meet anyone in the blackout. Rachel does meet someone in the blackout. It's a good little twist. Listen to your moms. Listen to your moms. (laughs) But like, it's so funny how Rachel is just like clearly in front of everyone, just being like, I want this guy so bad. And it's just torturing Ross and it's making Joey really angry.
1: I loved when Ross is talking to Paolo. Like, Paolo just uses one word and it's so funny. Everything he says back to Ross was so funny. Just one word. Did a great job. Yeah.
0: Or just like, you, you, like when he's like, we have a thing. And he's like,
1: the sex. (laughs) It's like how they have to talk to Joey. with with sex with sex, like
0: sexually.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! When Ross calls him a crap weasel, <laughs> might be something that you would say. <laughs>
1: Probably, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I do want to mention, like, I know we've been off fashion for a little bit, but Hollow's sweater.
2: Oh, man, I'm so excited. I may vomit.
0: In in comparison to Ross's sweater, it's just, it's like a whole different being, but they're very, like, they live in the same family. Yeah. It's like this whitish, creamish, tight-fitting, very tight-fitting sweater. It's too tight. But he has the girly buttons along the, like, collarbone. Ashley, it's Italian. It's Italian. (laughs) See another reason why I don't know fashion. I don't know I, that. I don't have buttons on my collar, but I've seen girls that do. <laughs> uh is that a girl's
1: thing? The Italians know fashion.
0: Oh. Well yeah. Oh yeah, Milan,
1: darling. I also hate his sweater. I don't like either of them. like can't they have a, a middle ground? Like they're both awful. Canceled. Both <laughs> of you. Fashion. And that's a summary. <laughs> what was your tagline? <laughs> okay, so Phoebe's counting down the seconds till the last candle burns out. Are we there? Oh know? no, we go we go back to the ATM. Oh, Jesus they, 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 <laughs> oh this thing.
0: <laughs> they become buddies and are doing this thing. Yeah, the, the head the head rolling thing, which I think is so funny for her. Like she's just like, no, Chandler, you gotta do it like this, and she does it like really well yeah falls around and he can't do it he can't do all. anything <laughs> well I just think it was funny that all it took was a near-death experience for one of them and now they're bonded for life Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's like suddenly like oh you almost died so I guess you won't kill me yeah let's play a game <laughs> when I saw that pen hit him in the head I was thinking I don't know what episode it is but there's one where Joey's like You can't do anything, (laughs) Chandler. I just heard that thing in my head over and over. Like, it's not that hard. (laughs) Yeah. You you really have to try to whip that at your
0: head. Yeah. You spin it around your head. You don't really have to do much.
1: No. Oh, God. Okay. So now we can leave the ATM. Oh, (laughs) the vestibule. Vestibule. So Phoebe's counting down the seconds until the last candle burns out. And I had a big problem with the timeline here because a lot of those candles are very tall. And so I, I did just like a random generalization Google of how long does it take like an average candle to burn out. And according to blog.bottlestore.com, uh, <laughs> as a general rule, smaller votive candles burn about seven to nine hours for each ounce of wax you use. Larger candles with long wicks burn wax at a much faster rate. So I guess that tracks the tall ones. Okay. Okay. Typical estimate for larger candles averages five to seven hours for each ounce, giving a 12 ounce candle 60 to 84 hours of bird time. That's way too much. How long has it been? And it's still night outside. It's still dark. (laughs) It's been a year at this point. (laughs)
0: Um. Yeah.
1: I don't think they thought about that when
0: they were filming. Yeah, I guess they didn't have blog.bottlestore.com. Yeah, yeah,
1: but they didn't have us. That's true.
0: They didn't have you.
1: Lucky them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man! So Phoebe's countdown when, when she's just like, I don't know when she started at, but she was like negative forty-two, negative forty-three. I was like, this is. So similar to the games that my children play, where, like you just are slowly losing your mind,
1: with no end in sight. This is like how you and I sometimes talk. Yeah, kind of. No end in sight. No
0: end in sight. It's but still very fun. Um. So when the when the lights go out, they're all making their like spooky laughs. Just <laughs> kind of funny. But then when the lights pop on. And you notice that rachel and paulo are like making out can i tell you my first thought i don't know if this is this like i hope this doesn't say too much about me (laughs) but i was like why have they not just like when the lights come on your eyes are closed you can still tell the lights are on and you're like in the middle of all of your friends like Go sneak into a, an
1: empty room and continue doing what you need to do. She's literally standing next to her bedroom door. Just yeah. in there.
0: I was like, why do you continue to just do what you're doing while everyone is watching you and it's awkward and you can tell the lights are on. Like, yeah. go take him into some privacy and do what you need to do. That's fine. right. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it felt very awkward
1: to me. It went on for too long after the light came yeah. out. And, and like Ross putting his hand on his chest, just like it's killing him. I was like, Ross, you are so annoying. You blew it. It's your own fault. Like, yeah. did you not see that coming? What did you think was going to happen? You suck. Yeah. Mayor. Mayor of friend okay. zone. I'm nominating two people as the worst. Ross and his sweater. <laughs>
0: Second Ross, but not as heartily as I have in previous episodes. Like when he was lamenting about Carol. Yeah, no, he, he's not that bad. No, but, but I think out of all of them, he is the worst. And I want to nominate Joey for winning the episode <gasps> yeah. because he's the best wingman ever, and he tried so hard to help to help him. He
1: had a solid like he. He was, like, very confident, very, like, you know, useful and helpful and, yeah, agreed.
0: And good wisdom. Yeah. I do want to say that Joey telling Ross at the very end that he has to throw a party for Monica while he's, like, <laughs> just Spiraling. in the depths of his despair is kind of the best ending ever. He just taps him on the chest He's is like, so
1: yeah, throw a party for Monica, sorry. <laughs> It just shows like Joey's still Joey, you know, he yeah. was an element, but now he's still Joey. Yeah.
0: It's like such insult to injury for Ross too. It's just like, um. And then
1: the, I wrote down in the tag that Chandler's vest is an absolute travesty. <laughs> that was a big sigh. Like, when are we going to be done with the knit vest? Now it has like a str it has like black little really thin black stripes in it. It's like a sad gray, baggy with these like little tiny black stripes. It's just yeah. up and down yikes. I hate it. <laughs> up and down yikes. I like it. <laughs> when Jill leaves and Chandler like longingly presses up against the glass. Oh like that's a that's something we see again throughout the show is just him just like, oh it's part of the opening credits,
0: isn't it? Like
1: that stays. I
0: think I think that's like that's his part of his credits.
1: Oh, that's probably why it's so familiar. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But he so she gives him a like a little kiss and was like, I'm so glad we hung out. Thanks, Chandler. Bye. <laughs> when he looks at the camera and is like, My name is Chandler. My account number is blah 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 blah. I just would like a recording of this, like a copy of this tape. Would it, if there was a blackout, would it be recording?
1: Oh, Ashley, that's a good point.
0: Right? Everything would be
1: off. Everything would be dead. But it had backup power. It had those backup lights that came on. Oh, yeah. Okay. So maybe there's a generator, like for security, maybe they have something. That seems weird, though. Only hospitals have
0: Well, but maybe because it's an ATM and money is involved, maybe they they would have that on a backup system. True. Yeah.
1: Oh, that was so fun, Sarah. That was a good one. That was a chock full of great stuff. Yeah. Is that what people say? Chock full. Well, you know
0: what? I'll be there for you.
1: Even with those shoulder moves, I'll be there for you, too. I'll be there for you, too.
0: I love you.
1: I love you, too. Bye, friends. Bye, friends. Better Friends Podcast
0: is created, produced, edited, and all the other things by Ashley Madden and Sarah Reinen. Please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Send us your questions to betterfriendswatchingfriends at gmail.com.
1: To find out more about Better Friends, please check us out on Twitter at Better Friend Pod or on Instagram at Better Friends Watching Friends. Thanks for listening.